Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry to impact your life. So share your story with us at info at And if God is using this ministry to impact you, we would like to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do so online at fellowshipgj.com. Select the giving option that works best for you and help us bring the message of Christ to this community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's message. So did everybody have good holidays? Yeah, fun, not too stressful, too stressful. Sometimes holidays will be a little bit stressful. My holidays were not stressful, thank God. I, I'm, I'm a type of guy that, that has struggled with stress and anxiety throughout my life. You know, I just am that kind of person. I, I'm a person that, that's very driven, and, and with that can cause a lot of things in my life that, that I don't really want. And it recently, in fact, a couple of years ago, we decided that we were going to uh, uh, make some changes. And I remember being in my, my truck and I was driving to the church and I remember just having the stress and anxiety in, my, in me. And I'm like, God, where's this coming from? Because this is the thing, we, we were empty nesters. We weren't supposed to be stressed. In fact, you know, well, you want some good advice about not being stressed or have anxiety in your life, you just get rid of your kids. That helps a, that helps a lot. Yes. But I still was feeling this. I didn't understand why. And so I was frustrated. I'm like, God, what is it that, that I'm holding on to? Why am I so stressed? Why am I so anxious? And, and the Lord really, really kind of just spoke to me in that moment. He's like, look, you're stressed about things that you shouldn't be stressed about, like, like your home. And I was like, you're right, God, I, I am. You have those moments. I'm like, my house, I, it's, it's bigger than we need. It's getting to be 15 years old. So I got th- little things breaking on it I need to fix. I got a big old yard that I don't need to take care of anymore. And so, yeah, so my house is a stress. He's like, you know what else is a stress is, is the toys that you purchase to do things with your family with, you don't use anymore. And so I, I had this a boat. It's a great boat. But when you're an empty nester, a, a ski boat is a waste of time. What, are you going to go to Highline and pull yourself? I mean, we... It's there, it's so I would walk by this boat and it's covered up and we didn't use, hadn't used it in like a year and a half because we couldn't. And so it was stressful for me to look at that. It's just wasted away, just sitting there. And then, you know, he's like, you know, I think you need to sell your side business because I am that type, a driven person. I always have had some type of little side business on the side, something that would keep me challenged and help me, you know, to, to uh, have fun and do something just different than my everyday uh, work. And so, uh, uh, so I was like, hey, that stresses you out. Get rid of it. I was like, okay, you're right. Got it. And he's like, you don't, you don't need any of this stuff. You don't need the house. You don't need the boat. You don't need this stuff. And it's amazing the things that you can bring together in your home after 15 years, right? It's nuts how much stuff you can accumulate. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. And I remember going to meet my daughter and my wife for lunch. And I sat down with them. I'm like, guys, I've been praying. I just really feel like the Lord's telling me some things. And they're like, what? And they go, well, I, I think we need to sell the house. Now, the crazy thing is they were actually going to, what's the crafty store that's by Sprouts? The, yeah, that place gives me hives. Like, I just can't do it. And so they were going to Hobby Lobby to actually remodel part of our house. And then I just tell them, hey, I think it's time to sell the house. Like, really? Yeah, I, th- I think it, I just feel like I'm supposed to sell it. Okay, well, well, that's good. I said, I think we're supposed to sell the boat. And they're like, what? You, 
My daughter's like, you can't sell the, are you kidding me? You can't sell the boat? I'm like, yeah, and I, and I think we need to sell the business too. And they're like, ah. and you know, they're looking at me like I've truly lost my mind. And because of the way I am, I went directly from the restaurant, went and put the boat, hooked the boat on the back of my truck and was driving it straight to the boat dealership to put it on consignment. And they're driving in as I'm driving out and they're like crying as I'm pulling their boat past them. And I got back and I'm like, guys, you know, I don't need to feel bad about this. And like, dad, you know, you're like, you're selling our childhood. Like you're selling our home and our, our boat. And I said, well, guys, look, we just, I need to do this for me. And they understood. And so it was, it was all great. And so we, we went through the process of moving, which moving stinks, right? Just moving stinks, especially when you've been in the same place for a long time time, all the junk that we had to get rid of and sell, which we did. And then I made this, this awesome decision that we were going to go ahead and purchase a house before we sold the house we were in. So I got to make double house payments for nine months. It was so much fun. And I remember being stressed out going, oh God, please, you know, sell the house, sell the house, sell the house. Because I was looking at our savings and it was dwindling, you know, because I'm making double house payments. And we probably, you may have been in that same situation before. Uh, uh, but, but anyway, so I, I'm stressed out, about, stressed out about that. And I remember January of last year came around and uh, we got, a, we got a, uh, an offer. And I remember I was like, I, I cried because we got this offer. And I'm like, thank you, God. This is so awesome. Thank you for selling this. And we had to push the closing out a little bit for the, for the buyers, but that was okay. And I remember we sold, we closed on the house the first week of March. And I got shingles the second week of March. Shingles. I don't know why they call them Shingles. Shingles is something that is a good thing that goes on your roof, that keeps moisture out of your home. Shingles are a great thing. The things that people get that are called shingles, they're not great. They should not be called that. They should be called something completely different, something like maybe an entity or a demon or, or, or a name like Mothra or Rodan or, you know, an orc or something because it's, that's, that's what it feels like. It feels like there is something, it feels like there's a velociraptor living inside of you. That's what it feels like. And the thing is with shingles, if you've ever had chicken pox, you carry the shingles virus in you. And it's like that velociraptor is inside of you and he's just walking around and he's waiting. He's waiting for the right time to pop out. And the way it feels is it feels like the velociraptor is being birthed through your pores. That's what shingles feels like. And I had a bad case and I had him for six weeks and it was awful and I remember thinking God if you could just get me through this I'm not going to stress out anymore I'm not going to freak out anymore I'm just going to I'm going to have peace and so I got through it and it was great and then so I started looking at things that could make my life peaceful and and just chill and so I decided that I was going to make a purchase so I'll show you what I ended up getting to help me with my peace and my I think, Julie, there you go. So I went out and I decided that I was going to get the one thing that could help me feel peace. And there's nothing like a puppy, right, that will make you feel peace. There's nothing that's just like you wish you could just have a puppy blanket that you could put over you, you know, that would give you the peace. And just it's amazing how stress just comes off of you when you have a puppy. But the thing is, is puppies love and peace, it, it, it varies. And they're peaceful like this. 
and she's peaceful. She's 10 weeks old. This is Sutton. She's a Yorkie. She's peaceful when she lays on my chest and she falls asleep, but she's stressful when she pees and she poops and she chews up things. So I realize that even though that's a great tool, I've got to find something that will give me lasting peace. And Scripture talks about what can give us lasting peace, which we're going to hit here in just a second. But Scripture also tells us that this world that we live in that causes all the stress and anxiety isn't going to get any better. It's going to get worse. Isn't that nice to know? Doesn't that bring you a reassurance of peace when Jesus prophesies what what is to come? And this is what we see in Luke chapter 21. Jesus is prophesying about where I believe and where many scholars believe we are at right now in the timeline. We are at the end times. We are at the end of what God wanted us to spend on this earth. And he says, this is how you'll know. And there will be signs in the sun in the moon and in the stars, and on earth, distress of nations. So those are some signs. And we've seen a lot of strange things happening with blood moons and with eclipses and those kind of things. We know that there is distress of nations, right? You can look and you can listen to the news. And probably more than ever from a world standpoint, there is more pressure and distress among uh, among nations. Uh, The Bible says, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, uh, uh, and, and understand in scripture, when it talks about the sea, it's talking about people. So people are roaring, uh, men's hearts failing them from fear and expect the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. So there people are afraid of the future. And you can see this. A lot of people are trying to profit from this, from fear of the things that are going on, fear of the things that are going to happen. I mean, if you listen to some people, they say, you know, the earth only has 12 years left or whatever. And so, so all of this fear on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And so Jesus speaks this way, and you're like, you are trying to talk about peace, yet you're talking about how the world is coming apart. But for Christians, he goes on to say in verse 27 that these are signs that we should look forward to. Verse 27 says, Then they will see the Son of Man coming, that's Jesus, in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up. Uh, Lift your heads, because your redemption draws near. So Jesus tells us these things to prepare us for his second coming for a time when we're going to spend with him uh, in heaven and into the millennium. And so it is something that we should look forward to. It's something that we should be pumped about because it does not matter what happens on this earth. If you believe in Jesus, you are covered with his protection. God is going to take care of you. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, we need to understand that when it comes to peace, our level of peace is determined by our proximity to Jesus. So you can know Jesus, you can be saved and still not have peace. The closer you're walking with Jesus, the more peace you will have. The more you cultivate your relationship with him, the more peace you will have. Romans 15, 13 says, now, many, uh, now, may, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, talks about the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control. But peace is not natural for us. We are not born with it. It doesn't just come to us by accident. 
We are not just born into it, but peace comes from the Holy Spirit. And he gives his peace to anyone who asks. Isaiah 9, 6 says that he is the prince of peace. Hebrews 6, 20 says that Jesus has become the high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Now, he mentions Melchizedek for a reason. He was this priest, and his name means king of Salem. Salem means peace. And it's interesting because Jeru, which is the beginning of Jerusalem, means city of So Jerusalem means city of peace. So according to scripture, Jesus is the king of peace and will rule forever from the city of peace. That's good to know. God is the God of peace. Jesus is the prince of peace and the king of peace. And Jesus, the Lord, the Holy Spirit, they want you to have peace. They want you to have that. And they will never use fear to try to motivate you, to try to manipulate you, to try to get you to make your decisions from They'll always use peace. Always. And Satan wants to keep you from it, especially in, the, in these days. And if, he, if you have it, he wants to take it from you. If you don't have it yet, he wants to keep it from you. That's just the way the devil is. Peace is a promise to every believer. It's our birthright. Because we are sons of God, because we we are his children, it is our birthright to have this peace. Not only that, but he says to his disciples right before he dies, he gives us all a gift. And, And when he's speaking to them, this is so cool, in John chapter 14, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, uh, not of the world's as the world gives do I give. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you've loved me, you would rejoice because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. So he knows that his friends are going to be heartbroken. He knows that they are, he's about ready to die. Think about this. Think if you knew that you were going to die and you had all your friends together, what would you tell them? And if you could give them a gift, what would it be? Jesus chose one thing, and he said, it's peace. And I give it to you not as the world would, because the world gives gifts and takes it back. I give it to you for the rest of your life. That is so cool to me. Jesus is saying that he is going to go to heaven and prepare a place for them. That's what he says in those scriptures. But in the meantime, he's going to give them the gift of peace. I remember uh, when I was 30, and I was struggling with anxiety and just chest pains and, and uh, uh, just, man, just, just all uptight about stuff. And I remember going to the doctor, and they did like a— a ultrasound on my heart and they did all these tests to try to figure out what's going on with me and the doctor comes in after they do all these things and he goes here's the thing he said you're just stressed out and he said you're not really taking care of yourself so you're either going to have to stop and change what you're eating or you're gonna have to quit your job and I was like God you know I I guess fellowship church is just it's time for me to go Heaven forbid me change the way I eat, right? But, but the truth was I was doing these things to myself. We were designed by God to live in an atmosphere 
of peace. Your body has to live in peace to be healthy. If you don't have peace in your life, you will begin to have all kinds of physical problems. You just will. Let me save you a trip to the doctor. Take care of yourself and embrace Christ's peace, and you won't have chest pains. It's just, it's just all there is to it, right? It, it's true, because he, but the problem is, is we are just living in this anxiety and this stress and these problems. The number one reason people go to doctor's offices in America today is dealing with their stress. The number one prescriptions that are written on a daily basis in the United States of America today are prescriptions for dealing with stress. Jesus gave it to us as a gift until he returns. We just have to embrace it. And you say, well, that's maybe, that's easy to say. It's harder to do. But first of all, why do we need peace in the first place? Instead of just for selfish reasons, but what, why do we need it? Well, first of all, peace is how God, how God guides us. This is how he guides us. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Now the cool thing about this scripture is the word rule in the original text means to umpire or give us a situational guidance. Give us situational guidance. So peace is designed to give us guidance in every decision. And I'm not talking about the, the decisions that are just right and wrong. Because the majority of the Bible is filled with wisdom on how to make decisions on right and wrong. I'm talking about the difference between a decision we need to make if it's right or it's right. Do I buy this kind of car? Should I buy this house? Should I major uh, on this particular career in college? Who should I date? Those are all Yes and yes. I mean, the, the, there's no no answer. It's just one is better than the other. There are many decisions that the Bible does not talk about. How do I make those decisions? Well, you pray and you wait on God's peace. You pray and then you stop and you listen for his response and make the decision and then see if you have peace. A lot of times I get people that will come to me and they'll say, yeah, I'm praying for peace, praying for peace. I'm just going to get any peace. I'm not getting any peace. And it's like, but dude, are you listening to what you need to change in your life to get the peace? So we, we have to make that step. We have to hear what the Lord wants for us, for what he wants for us, if we're going to get any better. Now, I remember um, when the Lord called Rebecca and I to, to Grand Junction, and, and this was almost 30 years ago, and we were in Louisiana. And I remember just feeling like God was pulling on me to come back to Colorado, the state of Colorado, and I felt it was for a ministry. And I'm like, God, this doesn't make any sense because she has a good job, and I have a job that I love, and we have family here, and so I, I, I just don't get it, and I don't even think we have the money. And I remember thinking, well, let me just let me find out what it would cost to move. And so I call the U-Haul uh, place, and they, they, I say, hey, how much is it going to cost for a U-Haul truck from here to, to Colorado? And they said, $860. It's like, all right. So I get off the phone and I call my bank and I say, how much do I have in my savings account? This is when you used to have to call your bank to find out what this is in the savings account. How much is my savings account? $860. Like, now you go, well, the, God really answered your prayer, but I just as soon have like six or 7,000 in the account, okay? But, but in that moment, like the Lord just said, I got you. You, you got it. And, and, and I made that decision and it was making a decision for a new family and nobody around me understood it. Nobody under, around me really agreed with it. But Rebecca and I both had a peace about where we were supposed to go. And so that peace told us the direction that we should step. And 
if you are trying to make a decision and you feel anxious, you feel maybe even anger or frustration, if there is not peace, then you know that is not the decision you're supposed to make. God guides us with peace. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's a tangible tool, and it comes from the Spirit. When you're making a decision, especially a big one, that you feel nervous about, man, it's probably, probably going down the wrong road. Number two, peace is how God protects our hearts and minds against Satan's attacks of fear and anxiety. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I love this scripture too, because in the original text, the word guard, where it says guard your hearts, comes from the Greek word phoreo, which means to protect by military guard to prevent hostile invasion. Isn't that cool? So when we have the peace of God, he's protecting our hearts from invasion. Like, a, like the military would, their most sacred base. That's what God is doing to our hearts. And anxiety, most of the time, is our fault. Usually we're allowing things to come into our mind, causing us to worry about things that are completely out of our control. Anybody, any control freaks here? Anybody? Yeah? yeah? Bless you for admitting you're a control freak. Everybody else, you're in trouble because you're in church and you didn't raise your hand when you were supposed to. But isn't it interesting that... When we try to control things, that's when we get anxious, right? We get anxious because we're trying to control something that only God can fix. So we go out of our way. We wear ourselves out. We try to fix it. We try to solve it. We try to worry about it. We think if I worry this long about it, then things will probably turn out. If I don't put in my time of worrying, it's probably not going to happen the way I, should, the way I want to. And so we stress ourselves out. And the whole time God is saying, I got it. I'm fixing it. I'm fixing it all along. I have control. You don't. Why don't you just let me do my job and quit trying to do my job for me? Man, if we could just let God, let go and let God, how much more peace and tranquility would we have in our life? Number three, peace is the platform of our witness. It's really how we should evangelize. Ephesians 6.15 says, wear shoes that are able to speed you on as you preach the good news of, the peace with God, of peace with God. The peace in you is a tool to attract others to Jesus. Have you ever thought about that before? Especially in today's society. Man, people want peace. But if they don't know Jesus, they'll never have it. Not like we do. Have you ever had somebody tell you before, man, there's something different about you. Like, what is it about you? Have you ever been in a stressful situation where everybody around you is like, gosh, how are you handling this so well? How, how come you are so peaceful in this? The only explanation is it's a miraculous peace that only can come from God. Now, I've had the privilege of doing a lot of funerals, a lot of memorial services over the last 30 years. I, I did my first one when I was 18 years old. And it is incredible the difference between a family that is coming together to bury a loved one that knew Jesus versus a family that doesn't know Jesus and the person that we're burying didn't know him either. The peace, the peace difference in that room is remarkable. It's unbelievable. The Christian family is like, oh, we loved them, have great memories of them, but they're with Jesus and we get to see him someday. Those that don't, 
have no hope. They have no peace. And so when you go through a death, death, the death of a loved one and you have peace and others see that in you, that's attractive to them. It's attractive. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 9, happy are those who strive for peace. They shall be called the sons of God. This society, people are wanting peace at all costs. They're taking drugs to get it. They want fame to get it. They want money to get it. They'll, they, they, they'll, they'll abuse food or they'll do whatever they can to find what it is in this world that will give them peace. And they're on a constant search. But when they see it in you, they want that. And when they see it in you, you can tell them how to get it. So how do we get it? That's the thing. We can talk about it. Peace, yeah. Nobody, nobody's saying here, I don't need more peace. I'm good. Just take it on out the door. We all want it, but how do we get it? Well, first of all, number one, we need to submit to the Lordship of Christ. Submit, submission to the Lordship of Christ just means is we come under his cover. We come under his authority. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. These will be his royal titles. Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. His ever-expanding peaceful government will never end. He will rule with perfect fairness and justice from the throne of his father David. He will bring true justice and peace to all the nations of the world. This is going to happen because the Lord of Heaven's armies has dedicated himself to do it. What this is saying is that if you will come under God's cover, if you'll come underneath his authority, if you will just be obedient to his word and the things that he wants you to do, you will be under his peace. And many times we don't have peace because we're rebellion. We're in rebellion. We're, we're not making good choices. We are, make, we are putting ourselves in harm's way. We are out there on our own making our own decisions. And as a result, we wonder why we don't have peace. And Christ is saying, just come under my protection. Come under my authority. Help, let me help you make good decisions. Secondly, diligent, faith-filled prayer. Not just prayer but faith-filled prayer. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for his answers. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than, humans, than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. The promise is right there. If we'll just pray, if we'll just... Give him our stuff. Pray without worrying and be thankful when you do it. I, when we're praying about our issues, we're transferring our problems from us to God. The Bible says, cast all your cares on him. So you got this stress, you got these troubles, you got these problems, and God is saying, cast them onto me. And when we do that, we can trade all of our stress for his peace. Pretty good trade. I can get rid of all of this anxiety and you're going to give me peace. I'm going to give this to you, God, because you're the only one that can fix it anyway. And you're going to give me peace in return. Cast all your cares on him. Thirdly, have a Godward mindset. Decide that you're not going to allow your mind to go through things that would steal your peace. Be careful, man. Be careful of what you watch and what you read. I can't watch news anymore. I can't do it. I can't listen to news anymore. 
I can't do it. It doesn't matter if you are uh, on one side of the aisle or the other side of the aisle, which it seems like our country is completely divided. It doesn't matter which newscast that you are listening to. Whatever side has decided that the other side is taking the world down the drain. So it doesn't matter. It's always negative. It's always gloom and doom. It's always awful. So what we have to do is realize God already wrote the history book. He already knows us what's going to happen. It's not about what the world decides. It's not about what the fear mongering that's out there, people trying to freak you out. You've already got the end of the book. You've already read it, right? We know that Jesus is coming back. We know we have forever in heaven with him. We know as long as we're on earth, we have his protection. We have his peace. We know that he has come, that we may have life and have it more than, than more than an abundance. So what in the world are we stressing about? And he's saying, give me your junk. And when you do, here's peace. I got you. Don't fret about it. Don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. I have you. Number four, bind any spirits that would try to steal your peace. Understand the Bible, the Bible says that the devil comes to steal and kill and destroy. And he has all kinds of demons and he has all kinds of imps that are trying to steal from you. They want to steal your peace. And if there is something there that you can see, whether it is anxiety or stress or worry, there's probably a demon with it. All you have to do is bind it up in the name of Jesus and tell it to get out of your life. According to scripture, you have been given the authority to tread on those serpents. So tread on them. Get rid of them. Get them out of your life. They don't need to speak lies into your head anymore. You can take authority over those things in your life, and you can do it in Jesus' name. Once again, you're not fixing it. Jesus is. They're leaving you from his power, his authority, the fact that he overcame sin and death. He was the one that was resurrected. So all you got to do is tell Jesus on those demons, tell Jesus on those problems, and he will trade those. It's a transfer. He'll get rid of those, and he'll give you the peace to handle your life. It's a beautiful thing. Fifth, ask for the Holy Spirit to give you his peace. Ask him to fill you with his fruits on a daily basis. Every day, I'm like, God, I pray, Holy Spirit, clothe me with humility. Give me your peace that passes all understanding. Your peace that passes all understanding, which means it's miraculous in nature. Give that to me. And we need to pray that on a daily basis, and he'll give it to you. And then finally, praise and worship. Yeah, praise and worship is powerful in allowing peace to come over your life. Isaiah 61, 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord, God, is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to, uh, uh, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Now this prophecy is talking about Jesus, who Jesus is going to be to us. And it says, he gives us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And the spirit of heaviness is depression and discouragement and anxiety. And so he says, you give me that, and then I'll give you this really cool garment of praise. You give me your stuff, I'll give you this garment. We'll make it an even trade. He wants you to trade him praise for heaviness every day. 
And I think he calls it a piece of clothing, a garment, so that remember, we have to put that garment on on a daily basis. Give us this day our daily bread. That shows reliance on him. That shows that we love him and we trust him. That shows that we understand that we can't fix things on our own, but that he can, we recognize and trust that he can. And when we do that, man, there's a transfer that takes place. So this morning, through praise, that garment of praise, I'm gonna have us in the service a little different where we listen to this song. And I pray, Holy Spirit, now that as we listen to it, that you, Lord, would minister to our hearts. That you would give us that peace that passes all understanding. I pray, Lord, that you bring things to mind that we are stressing over, that we'd be able to visualize those things and cast those things onto you. And I pray, Holy Spirit, as this song is saying, and as we look at these lyrics and we listen to them, Lord, that you would change us. That we would leave here different. That you would heal us, God. You would fix our health. You would fix our finances. And Lord, even though it may not be happening at this very instant, we trust that you're at work. We have read the end of the book and we know that you are going to live victoriously and we have a hope and a future in eternity with you. But Holy Spirit, I pray that you would be loosed in this room, that you would fill us to overflowing and you would manifest your peace in us as we listen to this praise for you. In Jesus' name.
to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week.